welcome back to Watchers Council. It's Woo! been a minute. Um, yeah! We're going to try to remember how to do podcasting. <laughs> what is podcasting? <laughs> so, yeah, I am your co-host, Stephanie, and I am here with Tanya. Woo! Hey, everybody. <laughs> and we are starting season two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm so excited. So, so excited. There's so many characters in this season that I'm just like, let's go. Let's get to I'm, them. I know. Let's do it. <laughs> And I feel like there's something even about this like first episode. So the name of this episode is When She Was Bad. And I feel like there's something even about this episode where you can already feel like the shift in like tone and quality. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. But yeah, I'm very They got more money. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Like there are new, like, and I'll, I I noted them, but there's like new locations in the uh-huh. school there is like new stuff and I'm just like oh okay so we got we got a budget bump all right all right I see you it's so funny because I also noticed that about like the like different locations and stuff mm-hmm. and I was like I've never ever ever noticed that before it's so funny the little different things that I noticed now that we're like doing podcasting and so it's really cool because it just I've watched the show a million times and I know I've said this before but it's really cool to see different things just because of the way that we're doing it now so oh yeah and like the thing is like I've seen it a couple times through before too but like you know after after watching it the first time through I feel like the second or third time or whatever time that I watched it I kind of had it on in the background exactly where it was like yeah. oh I was checking my phone mm-hmm. and like I was like oh this will be something cool to throw on the background but this is like the first time where I'm just like critically watching it right not doing anything else except yeah. watching the show yeah <laughs> Where I got to pause this shit to make notes. <laughs> yes, I will say. So Tanya and I have talked about previously on the, sh- on the podcast about how we usually watch it on Hulu and I do not have ad free Hulu. So I was dealing with the um, commercials, but I recently got my DVD sets back because I have nice. every single season on DVD, the old big chunky sets. And yeah. so today was the first day that I got to watch it on dvd and it was so exciting no commercials and it was also like so nostalgic seeing these like shitty graphics on like the dvd menu and stuff oh my god it was so funny (laughs) i love it okay so maybe we should get into this so that it's not a three-hour episode (laughs) oh fuck it our listeners know what's what we're about all right so we start off in uh kind of like the outskirts of a cemetery and xander and willow are walking by quizzing each other on film quotes (laughs) okay like first of all well actually we we first had a season one recap oh yes there was a yeah and like the big things they hit was angel stuff Mm-hmm. The anointed one, Buffy died, the master died. Yes. But yeah, so, but like suddenly we have this well lit, really nice pathway besides the <laughs> graveyard that we have never fucking yes, seen before. Sure. Like, I know we've made the note before where I'm like, why isn't there a fence around this fucking graveyard? Because like every graveyard that I have ever seen ever in the history of time yeah in real life has had some sort of gate or fence around it but this is just like fuck it here's a here's a pretty graveyard and a nice walkway like it's got like a brick wall yeah ever see this walkway again um I don't remember (laughs) to be honest this is one of those things that I feel like I probably 
will notice now while we're watching it, but like probably never crossed my mind. (laughs) But I did like read something while I was taking notes that this starts a trend or tradition rather of every season going forward of Buffy, the first episode starts in a cemetery. And that's something that like is totally true now that I think about it, but like, I guess I just never like connected those dots. Well, yeah. And especially when you're kind of binging it, which is we, we right. kind of are, I mean, we're, we're doing it week by week, but like you don't recognize like yeah. season, season finales and season premieres and whatever at quite as much. Right. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that if, even watching it the way we are now, I don't know that I would have noticed that unless pointed right, out. Right, so. exactly. So it was a little fun fact. So yeah, they're quizzing each other on film quotes, just going back and forth. And I don't know, it's cute. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and they're kind of casually talking about that it's been a quiet summer in Sunnydale. There haven't really been any vampires, um, no monsters since they buried the master. And Xander basically makes a comment that he's actually looking forward to school starting up again, that it's been so boring. They also talk about how they haven't really heard from Buffy all summer. And she has been in L.A. with her dad. And Willow, I guess, kind of seems like bummed that she hasn't heard from Buffy or that it's weird that she hasn't heard from Buffy. But Xander is kind of just like, well, she's probably just having fun with her dad. It's no big deal. Yeah. And remember, this is before cell phones. So she, yes. like Willow was like, I got a few postcards from Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very, uh, it's very Harry Potter where like yeah. he's waiting for letters from Hermione and Ron and like they never come, like no one calls. It's just letters. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> and Xander makes a comment that he's over Buffy, that he has moved on and mm-hmm. Willow kind of like calls him out on his bullshit. And then he concedes that, okay, well maybe there's some lingering feelings. I don't know why my autocorrect changed it to he concedes he may have some lingering internet. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I literally don't know what happened there. Okay. Like if you like when you started that sentence or that was not the word that I thought was going to be auto. Of course not. I thought, I thought lingering was going to be the one that was yeah. <laughs> that was <really> funny. <laughs> I thought it was going to be his little lingerie feelings. For oh, oh, that is not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, five minutes then and we've already gone off the rails. Right. <laughs> so next Xander kind of, he thinks of another movie quote and kind of, there's this kind of cute moment where he puts his ice cream on Willow's nose and says a quote from the movie Witness. And all of a sudden it looks like they're starting to like move in for a kiss. It's 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 the cutest thing. Mm, it's I, so cute. Yeah, I have to say that once upon a time, prior to like Willow and Tara storylines oh, yeah. right down the road, yeah. but once upon a time, I used to really ship Willow and Xander. Well, and you were supposed to. Like that's yeah. that's the point. Yeah. Like but it makes season know, three hard for me, which like we haven't gotten yeah. there yet. Yeah. Because yeah, well, we'll get there. Yeah. But <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah I love it's this moment. It's a well done moment. And like it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like it's put in there just to put it in there. Like mm-hmm. it, you know. And so like she's got this ice cream on her nose and he's like, Oh, you look real cute. And like they get like all close and then yeah. it gets real close to a kiss. Yeah. 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 And then it gets interrupted by a vampire, of course. 
because you're fucking on the walkway next to the graveyard. What the fuck did you expect? I think it's like so weird though that it's just been like a full summer of like no vampires. Like they just knew Buffy was on vacation. So well, I think I think part of it is like their forces were really depleted. Like fucking Buffy like killed a lot of them. Like she yeah. didn't just kill the master. She like even like even when we were getting towards the end the master was saying like right. she's killed people every single week like my forces are depleted so i think it was more so them this is me rationalizing i know but i think <laughs> it was more so them taking a break so that they could remake their numbers and yeah. so that they could like plan and they were like oh the slayer's not here we can kind of lay low for a bit and not have to like worry about shit. Which I do think actually does make sense in the context of the rest of this episode, because, you know, there's comments of like the anointed one gathering forces and there's like a whole lot of vampires that like we haven't seen before. So it does kind of make sense that like the anointed one was probably like kind of underground getting together, like a new group of people to, I don't really know what his intention is, but okay. He doesn't know what his intention is. Whatever. So anyway, this vampire interrupts them and Xander kind of tries to like fight him off for a minute until Buffy obviously shows up and kicks the shit out of this vampire. She does the vampire and then turns around to her friends and says, miss me and cut to intro. (laughs) We have new, we have new scenes. Oh yeah, of course. Also, uh, Angel's got it has a call out in the intro now and i don't know did yes. he have a call out in season one like was I it david boreanis in season one i think one? he did at some point during season one i don't think in the very, very beginning yeah but well, i think now, at some now point, he's yeah. the staple yeah so now we now we know that he's around for fucking ever mm-hmm. this is gonna be a big angel season y'all just letting you know <laughs> I'm ready so we get back from our intro and we get right back to where we left off and Buffy is telling her friends about her summer in LA with her dad. Um, and they tell her about their summer and how it's been quiet and that this is the first vampire they've seen since the master was killed. They also tell her about how they buried the master's bones in the graveyard right there by the tree and they used holy water to consecrate the ground and everything and Buffy kind of like stares at it like clearly uneasy uh just with talking about it and just kind of still bothered by the whole thing right and okay I understand why we buried him for plot points (laughs) but like why did we bury him why wouldn't why wouldn't we set his bones on fire like why or do the thing do, that like, we do at the very that, end that of this episode? At the end. <laughs> like why why would we even leave this to chance? Like he is the master. Like you don't just leave that shit lying around. Especially considering the fact that there is also a conversation in the middle of this episode where like Buffy gets kind of like irritated with Giles about knowledge of potential rituals yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and I think she's even though she is obviously a full little bitch mode at that full point. bitch mode in this episode like that was a little bit warranted I think <laughs> yeah oh absolutely and like again I get it for plot reasons but I don't get it for I don't yeah. get it for watcher reasons I don't understand why Giles would just be like yeah burying it's fine yeah especially like in a place that's like I, I don't know it feels like it like under you have like, that cage grand... put those fucking bones in that cage yeah it just seems like <laughs> 
why even bury him in the graveyard? Like put it in like your backyard or something like, (laughs) well, and I mean, I do douse it with holy water. So it's even more consecrated, but I have to imagine that like there is some low level consecration Mm, in this graveyard as well. And so, and I mean, there's crosses everywhere. So I'm hoping that maybe they thought that like that, but also again, this is stupid but fine. Yeah. I I think that is logical about like the graveyard being, I think it's also like, we also see so many like vampires like rise in that same graveyard. So I I don't know. It's all mixed up, but okay. That's just one of those buffy things that I guess we'll go with. She, I guess they start talking about school at some point and Willow asks Buffy if she's seen Giles yet. And Buffy kind of comes back a little bit sharply about like, why would I do that? I'll just see him at school tomorrow. Like it just, yeah, sure. It's like a fine thing to say, but it just has a little bit too much sharpness in it. That it just, you know what I mean? Yeah. It comes off as like, I said, okay. she seems real salty about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and she has a fresh new haircut. Which yes. Xander does. Xander does mention. So yeah, points so to him because guys generally don't, notice when you cut your hair or do anything to it i mean honestly i don't have like a fuck you xander moment until about halfway through this episode i feel yeah. like so yeah, yeah 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 so he's so far he's fine he's yeah fine. so far <laughs> so then we cut back to buffy's house and joyce is in buffy's bedroom um with buffy's dad and they're unpacking her stuff um lots and lots of clothes she had also told xander and willow while talking to them that she did like a ton of shopping in la and we see um her dad hank just like saying like here's more clothes here's more shoes that (laughs) is this this weird to you though that her parents are unpacking for her like that was weird to me because i was like my mom would have been like, bitch, put your clothes away yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't really decide. Like, I feel like, no, I mean, like I, at that age, I was like going back and forth between like my mom and dad's houses. And like, it, it just, I don't think I would have, it wouldn't even have crossed my mind to like have my mom put my clothes away. Honestly. Yeah. I think I also would have been annoyed. I've been like, why are you right, exactly? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll be honest, my mom, like, would do my laundry back then. Oh, that's like, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's, they start talking about how Buffy seemed distant the whole summer and that he and Buffy, like, never really established a connection, hence him overcompensating by letting her shop. At one point, though, I did make a note because Hank pulls out this, like, pair of, like, yellow shoes. And I, I, I like, just made a comment. Those are good shoes, though. <laughs> Yeah, you I have to buy those shoes. shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And he he does have, and like, they do talk about like Buffy being like, Joyce asked, like, did she get in trouble or anything mm-hmm. like that? And he even says, he's like, no. And he was like, at least when she was like burning down schools, I knew what to say to her, but I don't even know yeah. what to say to this. So, yeah. yeah. And like, Joyce makes a comment back that like, kind of welcome to my life. Like she hasn't been able to get through to Buffy in so long. And she says, she'll just be happy if Buffy makes it through the school year, which like, Damn, like that's so harsh. Yeah. I mean, like I get it, but like little faith. God damn. Yeah. I would like if I like all I could think is like if Buffy overheard that, like how painful that would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so next we are at school on the first day of school and Cordelia, we start with Cordelia, who is complaining about her parents taking her to Tuscany instead of St. Croix and how that kind of adversity builds character, but she already has character. Is it possible to have too much character? (laughs) 
Yeah, Cordy, it's possible. Also, she looks like she's lightened her hair a bit. She's a little yeah. bit more blonde. And also, I don't know if this was just whatever. I don't I don't know if this was if I was just reading too much into this. I think Charisma, the actress, I think she had a cold during this episode because her voice is a lot deeper and more raspy than it normally is. And like, and because I don't know, I always tend to pick up on shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, did the actor have a cold that day? Because like, I don't know, like her voice was a lot different than it normally is in this episode. And there were times where like, especially when the, in the conversation with Buffy later on, like the one-on-one conversation, she seems a little tired. Mm. Um, and like, that could have been an acting choice, but I don't know. I kind of feel like Charisma had a, a cold. Yeah. In this episode. I think that it would be interesting to keep an eye on that as we move through the season, because yeah. I think I... I feel like I took it as, uh, so I, I would be really interested to see how it is in the next episode or so, because I yeah. think to me, it almost, re- I at least assume, cause I do know kind of what you're talking about, but like, I didn't even think about maybe her being sick or something, but I feel like it, it read to me as, as maybe like an acting choice or like a character choice of like, you know, we had the Cordelia that was very, very vapid and, and right. everything and almost like air heavy in the yeah. first season. And this season, like even in this first episode, like she's there's better. a lack of that. I feel like, yeah. you know, she's yeah. more gra- like, obviously we have moments like this where she's talking about, she's still Cordelia, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. But there's just, yeah. A little bit like more grown upness to me. Um, yeah. And so I don't know. Let's, let's track that. Yeah. <laughs> And then we cut to Principal Snyder talking to Giles and he's just like going on and on about how disgusted he is by students. He calls them locusts who like destroy everything in their path. And Giles asks, only focused on mating and eating. Yes. <laughs> Which like, yeah, I mean, but <laughs> can you blame them? <laughs> like, why else do you have to fucking worry about it? Like 16. <laughs> no vampires i guess i guess that's true and giles asks him if maybe he should consider another career considering his abhorrence of teenagers snyder says someone has to keep an eye on them anytime a pretty girl walks by every boy turns into a jittering fool just in time for giles to turn around and spot jenny and turn into a jittering fool Yeah, I really liked the juxtaposition of Snyder continuing to talk about Absolutely. like no one's paying attention to studies mm-hmm. and class and blah, 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 blah. And then like Giles and Jenny are just like talking about their summer. Yeah. And like they start to walk away and just like leave Snyder like still babbling on. And like at the last moment, Snyder's like, I might as well be talking to myself. And like he clearly yeah. is. <laughs> Literally. So then we cut to Jenny and Giles, like still talking in the school hallways. And Jenny talks about going to Burning Man, which is amazing and something I definitely did not understand as a child. Like, I definitely did not know what that was. I mean, she kind of talks about like, you know, mud. I I don't even remember. Naked mud dancing. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of stuff like that. Um, So like, I think I kind of got that picture, but like, I don't think I know when I was a kid, I didn't know that Burning Man was like a real thing or catch that reference, you know? Yeah. But amazing. I love to imagine her at some place like that. Oh, yeah. And she kind of like says like, it was so amazing and telling him all these things. And then it's just like, you would have absolutely hated it. (laughs) Which like, could you imagine Giles at Burning Man? That is quite He he would have worn his like four piece suit. Yeah. (laughs) It would have been so... I don't know. Someone would have slipped him 
some drugs. Like ha- somebody would have slipped drugs into his tea halfway through, and he would have oh like finally slipped up. But. That would be amazing. I want. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah. So the Scoobies meet up with Giles and Jenny in the hallway. Xander calls him G Man, and Giles tells him, "Don't ever call me that." Just <laughs> fucking fair. Yeah. <laughs> Willow shouts very loudly that Buffy killed a vampire last night. I have it all in caps. Buffy yeah. killed a vampire last night. And that's literally how it is. Like, it's so funny that she's just like <laughs> screaming this. Which is really funny to me later on. Yeah. When Cordy does the same thing and Willow's like, oh my God, Cordy. I know. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I was like, bitch, you did it. Shut up. I like to think that that was like really intentional writing that they had Willow be the one yep. who like tells her like, keep your voice down. <laughs> You don't want the whole world to know about it. And when Willow does this, Buffy says back to her, I think you can get a little more volume if you speak from the diaphragm. And again, it comes off as like just one of her kind of like witticisms, but like it does kind of feel like it has just a little bit more barb to it than usual. Yeah, it's got an edge. She's got an edge this entire episode. Oh, yeah. She gets real edgy soon. (laughs) And so I think it's Jenny who asks like, oh, there's vampires, but we closed the Hellmouth. And Giles explains that although they closed the Hellmouth, the mystical energy still attracts evil forces to the town. Um, So there's always going to be stuff, basically. And he asks Buffy to resume her training. Well, he tells her that if she needs a few days to rest, then that's totally fine. Um, But Buffy is like, no, I'm ready to go. Like, let's start today. And he's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. And you can tell that he's a little unnerved by how like eager she is to jump right back in. There's also a moment where like, I think they're talking about the hell mouth or something. And Charles is like, yeah, I need to consult my books. Yeah. And Xander was like, aha, Willow, you, oh, owe, yeah. me, you owe me $5 because they had a bet to see how long it would take Giles to consult his books. And Xander's bet was under 10 minutes. Yeah. Very so, cute. I yeah. like that moment. So then we cut to this crazy montage of just like Buffy going wild in the library, like flipping in around. The library. I know. In the library. And also, again, I know we said this like in one episode, we still haven't gotten maps for Giles to fall on <laughs> no which like We're, definitely still comes in later but falling on this marble fucking floor over and over again yeah i'll be fucking punches i'm like let's get him mats which like they clearly have gotten like training dummies and stuff to yeah. like be up but yeah nothing for giles yet really no safety um, for giles um and yeah she's like going clearly going really hard there's this like crazy frenetic music playing yeah. um and there's this moment where she is like punching the training dummy. And I think she gets like a flash of like the master's face. And yeah. Giles is just like watching her clearly concerned about like how hard she's going. And at one point he says like, okay, Buffy, that's enough. That's enough. And she just like keeps going. And I think she like breaks the dummy in half. Um, she goes yeah. to her. And we see her kind of like run her hands through her hair and just go like, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever they've got. I'm, uh, let's go. Like she's, yeah, she I is wrote, she's kind of manic for yeah. whatever they have coming up next. Yeah. I think that's very, very a good way to describe it. Yeah. And then we cut to a warehouse and I just basically wrote a vampire giving a usual vampire speech to a crowd of other vampires. Like, <laughs> 
yeah yeah it's first of all where'd we get this warehouse but okay great and yeah we have this we have a whole new set of vampires that we've never seen before mm-hmm. like none of these are repeats and they're led by this one black vampire mm-hmm. so- guys like in three days a new hope will arise and so this vampire i i I believe his name is absalom and i know that from the credits and then that i saw like when i was you know reading online and stuff that they refer to him as absalom but correct me if i'm wrong is there a single moment during the episode that anyone calls him absalom no one ever says his name like because i was sitting here like like glancing at like a summary and like when I saw the credits too I was like who the fuck is Absalom like I've seen this a million times like I don't remember and then that's when I realized like oh I I don't think they ever actually like name him which is weird but especially weird that like in the credits it says like the actor's name as Absalom but I don't fucking know who Absalom is but okay yeah going forward I will refer to him as Absalom since that is his name well and of course um Absalom is too close to Epsilon for me and so I'm like (laughs) Absalom pie okay (laughs) that's the sorority girl (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so yeah he's giving this like big speech about I mean I don't even it's just yeah the usual and he's dressed like a pirate yeah (laughs) like he's got like yeah it's it's just very that like over the top vampiriness that's you know comes across as quite silly at this point I think yeah and then we see the anointed one kind of like sitting by as you know this is clearly his new crown in his black turtleneck Uh, yeah I love that that's was that what he was wearing in season one I don't Okay. No, that's not what he was wearing in season one. He looked like a child in season yeah. one, and he was wearing children's clothing in that's season one. That's what I thought. I was, was like, like, this time they're like, black turtleneck. So funny. So funny. So I don't good. know. So then we cut back to school. Buffy is sitting in some kind of lounge area. That we have never seen before. This never is these seen new before. locations that I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it looks like a really dope area, though. Like, I wish that we had, like, an area like this at my school. I definitely didn't yeah. have anything. It's got, school. like, couches. Like, it's got, like, really comfy couches and like big chairs and like a little study table and stuff like that. Like, yeah, cool. Great. But again, we've got, it's just a new, it's just a new location for us. Yeah. And we'll see it constantly throughout the season and probably throughout the following season to at throughout the rest of their time at Sunnydale high. And Buffy is just like totally zoned out. Willow and Xander walk up And at first she doesn't hear them saying her name. And when she finally like kind of like comes out of it, she's like, fine, I'm fine. And Willow asks what she was thinking about. Buffy says nothing. Um, They ask her like what she did the night before. And she just said that she slept, but that she had weird dreams the night before. Willow starts to say that she had a dream about Xander and then kind of like switches it up and is like, not Xander. Actually, it wasn't me. It was a friend's dream. And she doesn't remember it. I love that cute moment. Yeah. Giles finds them and walks up kind of quickly and tells Buffy, like, clearly it looks like something's wrong. So Buffy jumps up and he tells her that there's vampire activity and he knows what they're up to. Buffy says that, you know, whatever it is, they'll take take care of it. She's ready for it. And at this point, Giles says... I don't know. I've killed you once. It shouldn't be too difficult to do it again. At which point it is clear now that everything in this scene has been a dream, which right. like I totally forgot. I think this gets me like every time. 
like every single time I totally forgot that like that conversation where Willow like talks about her dream and stuff is just in a dream. It never happened. It's just a dream. And I have, uh, and so, yeah, so they, they like, he like attacks her and like mm-hmm. they wrestle and Willow and Xander don't help. And then he turns into the master. And so I wrote surprise. It's the master. And then she wakes up and I wrote double surprise. It's a fucking dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's kind of like an intense scene. Cause he's like, he, he kind of like flattens her on this table and is like choking her while like Tanya said, Xander and Willow just sit by doing nothing. And then she reaches up and like pulls his face off to reveal the master. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of like a t- an intense moment and it's kind of like disturbing to see like Anthony head, like do this, you know what I mean? Kind of um, scene. I pause. I found out recently that anthony head was slated to be the doctor in doctor who at one point oh, and then shit. it like didn't happen because of scheduling or something but like oh i feel like he would have been great he would have but yeah. i think it was it, i think it was around the same time as buffy mm. and so i think that it was like one of those things but like that sucks. <laughs> well yeah that that would have been wonderful <laughs> I know, but it's fine. It's fine. So when she wakes up from her dream, Angel is just sitting in her window, which like the first thing that he says to her is like, mind if I come in and like, well, um, it seems like you already did. So I don't (laughs) Okay. Also, I don't know. I feel, I also feel like this is, did she fall asleep with her window open? Because that feels like Slayer 101 to not do that. Especially after the dummy incident, but whatever. I don't know. I could see him just like sliding it open, and I mean, maybe well, she whatever. Angel, it's, I know it's weird. Stop it. Yeah, it's not cute. There's probably a better way to do this, but yeah. anyway, I feel like it was more supposed to be about like he missed her and wanted to see her, but still, like you know that she holds regular hours. Like I don't like. <laughs> nighttime doesn't have to be at like 2 a.m you know what I mean like (laughs) it could be at like I mean what is it okay so school normally starts end of August beginning of September that's when it starts to get dark a little earlier so what you could come at like eight o'clock yeah (laughs) or even like 10 o'clock or something is like you know what I mean to make sure that I don't know it seems a little yeah whatever whatever so he, she kind of is like, is this a social call or are you just here, you know? And he tells her that it's not a social call and that the anointed one has been gathering forces. Um, she doesn't really seem concerned and kind of brushes him off and tells him that she can handle herself. And she is clearly kind of like mm, being dismissive of him um, and tells him that he woke her up from a really good dream and rolls over to go back to sleep. Uh, he seems kind of hurt and tells her that he missed her. Um, and she rolls back over to say that she missed him too, but he's already gone. And this is the first point that I make a note that the fucking music this season is so good. Um, so the song that starts to play at the end of this scene is It Doesn't Matter by Alison Krauss and Union Station. And there's just so much like 90s melancholy music this season. Uh, yeah. It's so fantastic. sad music. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. And uh, I mean, like most of the songs that I really like this season are like really sad 90s music, but whatever. Um, yeah. But Tanya and I talked about it. And I think I'm going to go ahead and actually make a playlist of like some of our favorite songs from Buffy as we go through the season and stuff. Um, so I'll include a link to that once I create it in the show notes and, and yeah, you guys can go check out and listen to some Buffy music. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. 
So the next day, Joyce is driving Buffy to school and Buffy is staring out the window, clearly distracted. Joyce asks Buffy if there's the slightest chance that Buffy will tell her what's wrong if she asks. And Buffy just like stares at her wordlessly, which like, I have to admit, like, (laughs) what the fuck? Like, I can't imagine just like, just staring at my mom, like, not like, oh, yeah, that would have started a fight. Yeah, Beautiful. right? <laughs> also, I'd like to point that this scene is out of order because she is wearing the pink tank top that she does not wear until later. In Whoa, the good the catch. Because, like, she shows up in school after this in a different outfit. And, I was, and then, like, that's true I was like, oh, maybe. I make a comment about the clothes that she's wearing when she's in at the locker because it's very dope. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. And then like, I was like, oh, maybe that was just like an in-between scene where like, maybe it was a school day. It was the weekend or whatever. And, but then like, she pops up later in that same outfit, like at the end of the episode. And I was like, That's oh, really, we just out of order. <laughs> That's a good continuity catch. Good job. <laughs> so yeah, Buffy just stares at her mom and then kind of stares back out the window where we cut back to school. And this is where we see the completely different outfit, I guess then, but it yeah. is so fucking chic. It's like yeah. these high-waisted, like tailored pants, um, which is like a plain white tank top kind of tucked in loosely. Yeah. I don't know. Kill me. It's, a, it's, be- it's, it's a, great. Amazing. It's a great outfit. But Willow and Xander are talking to her about Angel stopping by. Willow's like asking her for all of the details if there was kissing. And Buffy's just like, not everything is about kissing Willow. And that it was just like work talk only. Yeah. At this point, Cordelia kind of runs into them, which (laughs) I love this moment because she calls them the three musketeers like it's an insult. And they're just like, the three musketeers are cool. I, uh... Yeah. And they're, and she's like, yeah, they take it as a compliment. And like, she's like, well, I don't know. You guys are just always together. And like, I don't, I think it's Sander. He's like, wouldn't the three stooges have been like yes. a better insult? <laughs> I think it's cute too, though, because I feel like it's an indication of her like lessening, yeah. you know, Patriot. distaste for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's pretty cute. And So she starts like asking them of all these questions about like, you know, the vampires and Buffy's slayer, you know, all all that stuff, but like talking loudly about it. And this is the scene that we were referencing earlier where Willow's like, what, can you keep your voice down? Or like tries to act like they're talking about something else entirely. And Cordelia's like, yeah, what are you talking about? You mean (laughs) Willow's like, cause like Cordy's like, oh, so have there been any more demons? And Willow's like, oh, you mean like our inner demons? Yeah. Yeah, we fought those for the summer. And Cordy's like, no, you idiot. Like (laughs) the squiggly evil things that we fought on prom night. Don't you fucking remember? And everyone's just like, oh my God, Cordelia. Yeah. And Xander kind of like pulls her to the side and he's like, we can't talk about this stuff loudly. Like we have to keep it a secret. And I think it's Willow who's like, you haven't been talking about this all summer, have you? And she's like, are you kidding? Of course not. Plus, and she makes it seem like it's because she would never tell anyone that she hung out with them. But she's like, plus, it was like really, really scary. Um, So she looks at Buffy like really earnestly and says, like, your secret is safe with me. And Buffy 
slings this insult at her, like, cool, you won't tell anyone I'm the slayer and I won't tell anyone you're a moron and just like walks away. (laughs) And that's actually the second zinger that she had for Cordy in this conversation, because the first one she had, like when Cordy was like still talking about demons (laughs) and everybody was like nicely trying to like put her off. Buffy's like, you know, Cordy, your mouth is open. Sounds are coming out of it, but like none of it makes sense. Like it was just like, oh, bitch mode to the max. Yeah. And like, there's a moment after this last one where Xander is like, now that was a good insult. And like Willow's kind of like, yeah, almost too good. So now they are even starting to catch on to the fact that like, she's just being a little too mean. Yeah. And like, if Cordelia thinks you're being too mean, you might need to take it down a notch. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, for sure. So then we cut to the bronze um, and Chibomato is playing, which like, we also had like a scene when they were at the school and they were talking about like, Oh, Chibomato is going to be at the bronze. And there was this really cute moment just to backtrack where Willow responds to Xander and she's like, Oh my God, Chibomato is playing. And Xander's like, no, Willow, they're going to be clog dancing. And Willow's like, Chibomato clog dances. (laughs) I just, it's like one of those classic lines that like, I always remember from the show. Yeah. So they're at the bronze and Xander and Willow are talking about Buffy's behavior and how she's just like not acting right. Like she's not acting like Buffy. And Xander clearly gets like distracted and is like, where is she by the way? Like I thought she said she was coming and he's like barely paying attention to Willow. And this this moment like breaks my heart. Willow tries to recreate the ice cream moment and like puts ice cream on her nose. And Xander looks over at her and is just like, you've got something on your nose. And I just made the note. And for the first time this season, fuck you, Xander. (laughs) Like, Fuck you. Come on. Like, and I'm not saying that, like, he's an asshole for not, like, being with Willow. Okay. I'm not saying that. But, like, to be so callous about it as if he's, like, doesn't remember the fact, like, what just happened a few fucking days ago. It just feels. Yeah. He can't not. And, like, even if you weren't, even if you weren't going to recreate that romantic moment, like, the proper response is, (laughs) you goof. Get that off your nose. Exactly. Just something. Just laugh at it. Laugh Not at be joke. totally dismissive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fuck you, Xander. <laughs> um, anyway, we cut to this new group of vampires and the anointed one with Absalom in the graveyard where the master was buried. Um, and there's a couple of vampires digging with shovels and Absalom is like, we need to hurry up. What are you two doing? Start digging like with your hands. And they're clearly digging up the master's bones because the two vampires that he tells to start digging with their hands, their hands start to burn. And they're like, it's consecrated earth. It burns. And he basically is just like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of the correct answer. Like also like if I was an Absalom's thing, I'd be like, and what do you want me to do about it? I mean, like, why didn't you bring shovels? You knew what we were doing. Yeah. You were the one that came unprepared. Bring a trowel. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, they are evil vampires. So, like, I don't know why you expect, like, Absalom to give a shit about, like, your <laughs> undead hands. Oh, your poor little hands. Oh, no. Yeah, go take a break, Todd. No, fuck <laughs> that. Get to digging. Canon is that that vampire's name is Todd. Now, <laughs> 
Okay, so we cut back to the bronze and Buffy mm-hmm. arrives. And again, with the fantastic music, this like classic yeah. Chibo Mano song. Oh my God. It's And it's yeah. like the most 90s sexy song. Oh yeah, it is. Like it's, I don't even know how to describe it because I can't even tell you exactly, but like, it's, it's not just even like, classic. I don't know what genre, like it just, it's yeah. The, the the closest is going to be like alt grunge type sure. thing, like sexy and like it's just sexy grunge. It's husky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like husky and it's I don't know, it's great, it's yeah. perfect. You'll whatever. Go listen She's to in the a playlist little, and check it out. Because <laughs> yeah. in a little black it. dress and black heels. And mm. yeah. If I had walked out of the house at sixteen and that, I would have been fucking murdered. This is one of those moments where like Buffy does not look sixteen. Like. Nope. <laughs> Nope. So Buffy gets there and walks up to Angel and there's this whole back and forth of her just being like, what the fuck did you expect? Like, I wasn't like pining for you in LA. Like basically like, like I didn't write down a word for word, but like, basically she's just like not giving him the time of day and he's like not understanding why. Right. And so like, I, I wrote down some of this because I don't disagree with her because like, he like he like immediately comes up to her like magnet. She walks in and he's like yes. right there. And it's like, bro, the last interaction that you had with her was less than stellar. So maybe you give her a second. But then he's like, I I, I think I made you mad. Like, what did I do? And she's like, yeah. nothing. I'm not mad. I'm just living my goddamn life, essentially. And then he's like, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid <laughs> of me? Are you afraid of us? Bro, get the fuck over yourself. Which like, okay, this is what I do not understand about, and I have never understood about this aspect of it, okay? The last time we left off with their romantic relationship was that it was not, was literally during the Angel episode where they did like a goodbye kiss because they knew that like it wasn't going to work a slayer and a vampire. And he was always in the background because he knew that seeing her would be too hard because he cared about her and it was too hard to see her face to face and like not be with her. And then the last time they were face to face was right only because of the master. So what I don't understand is like, did something happen that we are supposed to assume in the background about their relationship because like they weren't together as of season at, at, at the end of season one. So why would she go to LA and why would he assume that when she comes back, she's just going to be like, Oh my God, Angel, like blah, blah, blah. Like you guys weren't like speaking like that. This is classic toxic X where <laughs> they break up with you. You are devastated. And the second that you get your shit together, and you are over it, they fucking, it's some kind of fucking radar for them. Yeah. Where whether they were like following you on Facebook and they noticed or just cosmic fucking radar, they will pop back up into your life and be like, hey, how's it going? And if you are not reshattered by that, then it's, it's a whole, it's a whole insult to them where they're just like, Oh, well, like, I just, you know, I missed you. And you're like, what do you want me to say to that? You fucking broke my heart. And you you just, I'm not going to be at your beck and call. Right. To like validate you. Because that's the thing is like, okay, so like 
on the surface, he comes to see her, you know, in that first scene together to like warn her of like danger or whatever. Okay. So even if you want to make the argument that they still need to be in each other's lives for like quote unquote work purposes. Okay. Clearly his, it, it seems like his, his feeling is that he would like her to, he doesn't, he, he knows that they can't be together, but she should at least be pining and sad forever about that fact, not yes, moving correct. on from it. Exactly. And like, correct. so it's just, I don't know. This is just, this, so. this is like the beginning of the red flag for Angel, in my opinion, of like the, that it he do, he can't be with her and he's go, always going to be the one to make that decision. But like, also he doesn't want her to be with anyone else kind of thing. Right. It's, and it's, it's just such a classic thing. And like, you know, and we, we, as the audience, we do know that she probably still has feelings for oh, him, but course. she's putting on this shield because she fucking has to. Right. And yeah, was she a little sassier in this moment than she probably could have been? Yeah, but she's sassier than she probably should have been this entire episode. So right. this actually doesn't really have anything to do with Angel. Now I will say what happens next. Oh no, that was definitely a whole different yes. level. This is okay. like, I, I like this conversation with Angel. I'm like, yeah, girl. Yeah, she's just like, there is no us. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And yeah, I didn't spend all summer mooning over right. you. Like, just deal with it. And like, this is, this is, and then, and then, and then end my compassion for Buffy. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into <laughs> it. So she walks away from Angel. And Cordelia, by the way, was like kind of standing by watching this whole conversation with Angel go down. And Buffy, walks up to Willow and Xander and I don't even remember what she says at first but she essentially grabs Xander and says like come dance with me and then takes Xander onto the dance floor and like does this slow sexy dance with him that is I I was gonna put this entire fucking scene makes me so fucking uncomfortable I can't even begin to put into words like every time I've watched this episode like I want to shut my eyes (laughs) yeah and like it's it's nothing like super gratuitous or anything like that, but she's just kind of like slow grinding on him. Yes. Okay. There's a but, moment. There's a moment where you can see him like clenching his jaw. He's like so yeah. like what the fuck is going on? And like I in my head interpret that to be that like one he's probably pissed because he knows she's putting on a show but second of all he's probably trying to like keep himself in control because she is grinding up on his dick okay like and, and he's wearing track pants oh my god he's rocking the classic 90 male look of a button up and track I didn't pants notice that oh my god oh i did i fucking wrote that down but like yes i i had the same note i was like not even xander is having fun with this no like, no one is. uh xander looks so uncomfortable because yeah. yes i think he realizes what she's doing um and this is a bitch move for buffy on every single level that you could ever imagine because oh it's so there's a moment where like cuts back to willow and like that's the most heartbreaking moment for me because willow is just like staring at this like what the fuck is my best friend doing kind of like why would why would she do it It, it, i i can't i can't and the thing is like she could have grabbed any random dude right because like the whole point of this is to make Angel jealous. And the whole point yes. of this is to be like, I have moved on. I don't need you. 
fuck you. And she could have like, I mean, she looks smoking yeah. in this scene. She could have grabbed any guy, but she fucking went for Xander. And so like, that's a fuck you to Willow. That's also a fuck you to Xander because she is like manipulating the shit out of him. She is using the known obsession he has with her. Yeah. I think because she's like, oh, he'll go with us. The thing is, is that I think it is all about Angel, but I also think that she is in this like self-destruct mode where she's like oh, yeah. pushing everyone away. Yeah. So I feel like it was also almost this like, I'm going to do this to like self-sabotage and just like push yes. all my friends away because like no one understands me. And you know what I mean? And Oh, yes. This was a calculated yeah. fucking move. Ugh. Like, it's just, it just, and then, but it's, it just makes you like, this is, this is the first time that I dislike Buffy. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, I get like, I've done shit like this where like, when, when I've been in self-destructive modes, like I, I mean, I've gone through these periods and mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, girl, this was the wrong move. This is not, this is just going to make you feel so much worse. Yeah. Like in an hour and a half. Yeah. And then there's this moment to be like, like the cherry on top is that she, so at the end of this dance, she like is whispering to Xander's in Xander's ear, but like literally her lips are like on his like neck practically. Yeah. Asking him if she ever, if she ever thanked him for saving her life. And he's just like, no. And then she like reaches up and she's like, don't you wish I would? And just fucking walks away. Just and disappears she, into the night. Okay. And that's the other part of it too, is that like she walks back up to the table where Willow is sitting, doesn't even look or like acknowledge Willow, grabs her purse and walks the fuck out of the bronze. Like just, and you see everyone, all of the like major players in this, like Xander, Willow, Cordelia, and Angel staring after her like in the crowd and it get, the way that this is shot I actually absolutely love because like it gives the feeling of like her just leaving this like wreckage in her wake. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I will I will give Xander a brownie point <laughs> in this moment because he didn't follow her. Oh, because yeah. the intention I fully think that she was like okay if he follows me then we'll take this further and we'll like Mm. really fuck this up and he didn't he probably could have shot his shot right now and probably could have like had a moment but he didn't because I think that he I think even Xander is like yeah I want to hook up with Buffy but I don't want to hook up with Buffy like this like this isn't so I'll give him there are other moments in the show that that kind of like happens to not because Buffy is like being a bitch or whatever, but like, right. But anyway, yeah. I mean, yeah, you could tell that he wasn't, he could have played into it and he was not about that yeah. at, at all. Yeah. So yeah. So she walks out after this, like, destroy, like just really destroying scene. And um, Cordelia follows her out and confronts Buffy in like the alleyway. I love this scene though. Yeah. And Cordelia is just basically like, she says to her, you're really campaigning for bitch of the year, aren't you? And they have this like amazing back and forth where Buffy is like, as the reigning champion or queen or whatever, got any, I think she says like, got any tips? Oh, she was like, what are you, as a oh, reigning you... champ, are you scared? Right. And, and I love Cordy has this line. It's and she so says, good. I can hold my own. <laughs> Which is well, no, and then like, and then the next line that I even like even better is, um, 
she goes, we've never been close, which is nice because I don't like you that much, (laughs) but I'm going to do you a favor. And I'm like, oh, yes, Cordy. Yes. Yeah. And she also has this classic line during this back and forth. So basically like Cordelia is just telling her like, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, like get over it. Um, because you're taking it out on everyone around you essentially. And she has this like classic line, um, that gets remembered throughout the years where she tells Buffy to spank her in her mop it (laughs) over whatever she she's going through. Um, so, which I think it's really interesting that, you know, I kind of love this moment because it makes sense that like all of her friends maybe are feeling like too hurt, but that like Cordelia being someone who's just like, kind of like an acquaintance, like friend friend, you know, can kind of confront her and say like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but you're going to regret it essentially. Well, and I also like, this is also like what Buffy did in the bronze was also a Cordelia move. So game recognized game. And Cordelia is like, I know exactly what you're doing. And like, I'm going to call you out on it because like, I don't think Cordelia is threatened by her or anything, but Cordelia is like, this is much more my thing than you. Like, this isn't you, this isn't what you would do. So like, stop it. Yeah. She's like, if you keep doing this, you're not even going to have the loser friends that you have now. So like, what do you stop? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is that she didn't have to say anything. She could have just let Buffy like destroy her life. And I think that it's another kind of sign that, that Cordy cares about them more than she lets on or wants to admit, you know? So it's, it's definitely a good moment. So Buffy walks away and after Buffy leaves or as Buffy leaves, we actually see Cordelia get kidnapped by like two dark figures. Um, Yeah. And Cordelia's last line to Buffy is fine. Maybe I'll go dance with Angel. And she immediately gets kidnapped. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they throw her into a basement with an unconscious Miss Calendar. Buffy ends up walking away and she goes to the graveyard, I, I guess, to to check up on the master. Um, I guess just like all of her shit is like boiling over at this point with everything that's yeah. just gone on. So she goes to the graveyard to check on the grave of the master and finds that he has been dug up and she is scared to fuck. Yeah. Like she is really like, you can tell she's really, really bothered by this, obviously. So next we cut to lunch the next day and Giles, Xander and Willow are talking about their concerns about Buffy's behavior and what's going on with her. And there's a moment where Willow, they think she's possessed. They have like this whole theory. Yeah. She's possessed. And like, I don't know, maybe Xander and Giles is like, how? And Xander, oh, it was like Giles. And he's like, why do you think she's possessed? And Xander's like, well, maybe when she died, like some being like, came into her and that's not really <laughs> Buffy and Willow's like yeah that's what happened <laughs> yeah and Willow oh my god there's this moment that just like really makes me laugh where Willow's like why else would she be acting like such a B-I-T-C-H and Giles is like we're a little too old to be spelling things out and Xander looks at Willow and goes a bit <laughs> yeah like what, Xander? You can't fucking spell. I just but like every each line of this is so in character for all, all three of these characters. Oh, yeah. that it's amazing to me. <laughs> and Giles eventually like basically says that he thinks she has PTSD without ever actually calling it PTSD. Yes. 
Yeah. And as he's kind of saying this, we see Buffy showing up in the background and overhearing them, at which point Xander tries to change the topic to pretend that they were talking about trout, which of all things, Xander, Xander's terrible at this move. We've seen him try to like change the topic so many times and he is, he's the worst at it. (laughs) He's still got it so many. So she walks up to the table and she's like kind of already in a bad mood, but tells them what she found last night that the master's bones are gone. And she kind of already like knows she's like that they're going to try to bring the master back. And Giles says that he has never heard of a revivification ritual being successful, at which point Buffy is like, okay, but you've heard of them and you never told me what the fuck, dude, like you could have warned me. And this is the scene that I was talking about earlier where like, even though Buffy is like clearly going through some shit and like acting pretty badly, like I I kind of agree with her in this moment. Oh, yeah. Like, this is back to like, well, then if you knew that that was even like a possibility and that that was even a thing, why did you bury the the bones? Why didn't you just fucking like ruin them? Yeah, you absolutely should have destroyed them. Like, this was a stupid move on Giles' part. Yeah. Whatever. And Willow tries to defend Giles, though. And Buffy, this is another really kind of heartbreaking moment where Buffy snaps at Willow and says that this is Slayer stuff and can we get a little less from the civilians? At which point Snyder kind of comes up and shoes them all away, tells them to like get back to class and stuff like that. And Snyder tells Giles that he can smell trouble on Buffy. There is this really funny moment where he's like, I can, how does he say it? Like, I can smell trouble. He's like, I can smell it's a sixth sense of mine. Yeah. And Giles is like, no, actually that would be one of the five. <laughs> it's great. It's a it, great looking line. It is. And he kind of like mentions that he sees like ex- expulsion and jail in the future for Buffy, which foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> also, there's like a mural in this scene that is so poorly drawn. Oh God, I didn't see it. And I guess they just kind of like, I guess you're supposed to expect that students drew it. Sure. But it's but so still. weird and it's so <laughs> poorly drawn that I'm just like, oh, okay. I'll have cool. to go back and take a look at that. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Giles tells Snyder to like give her a chance and Snyder just kind of responds that he thinks that Giles' faith in the students is weird. <laughs> so uh, later that night after school, their Scoobies are in the library doing some research and they learn that a revivification ritual needs the blood of the closest person to the deceased. And they kind of interpret this as like emotionally close, I guess. Um, and Buffy assumes that it would be her since she and the master killed each other. And she kind of says, like, you know, killing each other kind of promotes a closeness. Which, like, okay, I kind of have, why wouldn't it be the blood of the anointed? Like, if this is, if this is the, if this is the, the Mm -hmm. interpretation of this text that we're going with, I feel like it would be the blood of the anointed. Because, like, that was the person that was closest to the master. But, okay, whatever, I I think it's definitely a a stretch. I think that either way, I think the implication here is that, like, Buffy is like involved in herself and and right. she oh, sees yeah. it as Absolutely. herself simply because of her, of what is going on in her own mind about yeah. all of it. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think you're right that there's a million other to be honest like other ways to go with that but 
anyway, as we find out. Um, so next we see like a rock come like flying through the window of the library and Buffy just like catches it midair, which like, okay, great. And it has like a watch or a bracelet. Cordelia's choker. It's the choker she was wearing when they were yelling at each other. Well, yelling, but when they were having their discourse and the, yeah. Okay. Um, And Buffy recognizes it as Cordelia's. um, And there is a note saying um, that Buffy needs to come to the bronze or they'll yep. make a meal of Cordelia of Cordelia and Xander goes, they're gonna cook her dinner. <laughs> Xander, you're so dumb. At least he like immediately recognizes his own idiocy, like as soon as it comes yeah. out of his mouth. Yeah. So Buffy says that she's gonna go to the bronze and she has has to go. And Willow and Xander are kind of like, okay, like we're going with you or whatever. And Buffy gets irritated and says that she can't keep fighting and looking after them. She has to do this on her own. And Willow says, okay, well, what about the rest of the note that says this is clearly a trap? And even Giles is like, you're going to be playing right into their hands. Like at least consider like, you know, what our other options are. Um, And Buffy just says she can handle it for essentially the millionth time this episode. And Willow kind of recognizes this and says, like, stop saying that. Like, what's wrong with you? You But regardless, Buffy ignores them and leaves and says that it's it's her fight to fight, basically. So we cut back to the bronze and Angel meets up with Buffy and has one of the funniest, most ridiculous Angel lines that has always made me laugh and like quite honestly always takes me out of like the reality of what goes on where Buffy's like giving him shit again and he just like turns around to her and he's like why you riding me (laughs) it feels so fucking out of character that Angel would say why you riding me to Buffy and I just wrote phrasing question mark mark. oh oh my god it's such it's so ridiculous he would never say that like (laughs) yeah I don't know it's so dumb but anyway so they kind of like go back and forth and she ends up trying to like taunt him into a physical fight and is like well surely you've thought about it I'm the slayer and you're a vampire like do you think that I couldn't kick your ass? Cause he's saying things like, well, you need help. You can't do this alone and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and she's basically like, well, I could take you in a fight. Want to find out? And she gets kind of sexy with it too. She's oh, yeah. like, oh, you want to kick my ass? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She does say that in a very like sensual tone, <laughs> Yeah, but he doesn't play into it. And it's just kind of like, don't you have somewhere to be, which kind of like snaps her out of it. Fucking love that live because like that came right after she was like all sex. And she's like, what don't you want to kick my ass? And he's like, don't you have somewhere to be? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, he has no time for her shit right now, yeah. which good on him. And like, it's just such a like teacher line almost yeah. of like, don't you got to go to class? Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Like, fuck off. And it is funny because, like, you can tell, like, in, like, the acting is really good, I think, this episode. Because, yeah. like, you can even tell in her, like, reaction, like, it does snap her out of it. And she's yeah. just like, okay, well, yeah, whatever. Like, I got to get going. And so she just tells him to stay out of her way. Which he says, like, no problem, but then immediately follows her into the bronze, which I think is funny. Doesn't care. Also, why is the bronze always unlocked? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, also, I have a question here. So they go inside and they they find, like, one vampire who's, like, pretending to be Cordelia. But, like, I also have a question here. 
And maybe this is just me, but why does the bronze always look entirely different to me in like moments? Every like single this? time. Like it doesn't look at all the same as like when, you know, it is when it's full of people and stuff like that. Like something just looks yeah. totally different to me, but whatever. So Angel follows her inside anyway. And he's like, I don't like this. There's the bait. Where's the hook? Because like Buffy recognizes instantly that the vampire pretending to be Cordelia is clearly not Cordelia. Yeah. They don't even do a very good job of like hiding it. Like she's no. not even wearing something that like Cordelia was wearing before. You know what I mean? Like it's no, she just has similar hair. Yeah. And like, as soon as Buffy says like, that's not Cordelia, like the vampire like gives up the game and it's just like, ha ha, you're right. Like, yeah. So at this point, Buffy realizes that it wasn't a trap, but rather a distraction. And we cut back to the library where Giles is realizing that they didn't quite translate the text correctly and that the ritual actually requires the blood of those physically nearest to the master when he died. Which doesn't make any sense. (laughs) It makes zero sense to me that like, it's not someone that was emotionally close to him. It's not even the person that killed him. Like there are so many different ways that this ritual could go. And it's just like, oh, the people that were physically close to him. Why? What sort of magical power does being close to someone physically have yeah. to do with anything? I don't know. I think I always it's a just dumb like thing. chalked it up to like the mystical energy of the room. But like, you're right. It doesn't it's make any fucking sense. Fucking plot point. That's yeah. it. That's all yeah, Exactly. Is. I mean, it really just pushes the plot into it having to be like her friends and her having to like stop thinking about herself and thinking about the other people. That's really the only purpose of it because yes, the people who were physically nearest to the master would be Giles, Willow, Cordelia, and Miss Calendar because they were all in the the library. Yeah. When it happened. This is, Um, this is what um, in the room where it happens from Hamilton, this is where it comes uh, from. It doesn't come from the constitution or anything like that, or the declaration of independence. Amazing. Comes from the, episode (laughs) (laughs) so as they as Giles like finishes essentially like reading this and realizing this he looks up and sees the upper level of the library filled with all of these vampires coming together so let's talk about the logistics of this (laughs) where do they come from (laughs) well it's not even where do they come from it's the timing (laughs) so like you have to imagine. So there's like 20 vampires. There's, there's so many vampires lot, in this yeah. scene. And like, were they just chilling in the back of the library, just fucking waiting? They're like, what's going to be the most like poignant time for us to come out and get them? Right. Like, can we just like, they didn't just bust in there and be like, okay, we're going to take you now. They're like sitting in there listening to Giles sort this the fuck out. And like, you have to imagine that like fucking vampire Cynthia is in the back and she's like, (laughs) this will be really funny. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just trust me. This will be funny and dramatic. And then he's like, oh my God, it's the ones that were physically close. And she's like, now do it now, do it now, do it now. I mean, here's the thing is like, it's, it, it sounds ridiculous, but like, I also feel like there's moments and maybe it's, 
maybe it's written into the show later because of moments like this. I don't know. But like, I feel like when we meet vampires, like even Spike and stuff like that, yeah. like they do get their rocks off on like silly moments yeah. like that. I could totally they fucking see love that. It. Yeah, I could totally see that um, actually being the case. So we cut back to Buffy at the bronze with Angel. Um, and she's kind of like, I think tied up this vampire or something. And she leaves well, the vampire with Angel yeah. Yeah. and says... Um, to watch her and only kill her if he absolutely has to. And she runs back to the library to find it kind of like all trashed and Xander is there bloodied. How are they going to explain this in the morning? Oh, like The library is fucking demolished. And like, what? Okay. I I don't know. I mean, like, and I didn't even, we, uh, I guess we just got so used to like mentioning it is like, back to like Buffy, like training in the library at the beginning. Like yeah. it, it was like, I mean, I guess it was like after school, but still like, it was like right after school in the middle of the day, like anyone could walk yeah. by and see this girl just like flipping off the levels of like, like come on, what, <laughs> but what are you yeah. doing? Who knows? It's the constant story of like, I, I don't know. Yeah. So Xander's like all ticked off at Buffy and he's like, you know, if you had stayed with us for like five minutes and tried to work with us, this wouldn't have happened, which like, yes, is true. But like, I don't know. He's also like not really being helpful in this moment. Oh no. And he's like, and cause she's like, she's clearly freaked out and upset. And he's, she's like, okay, we've just got to think, we've just got to think where would they take them? And he says to her, if anything happens to Willow, he's going to kill her, which like. <laughs> sure, Xander. Right. Fucking like, sure. I- I'm, Try it. Gla- I'm glad that he's so protective of Willow, but good luck with that. In okay. what universe are you going to kill Buffy? None is the answer. Right. <laughs> so then he finally explains to her what the ritual actually means. And because she asks him, like, well, why did they take everyone else but not you? So he no. explains what happened. So they go back to the vampire at the bronze because they can't figure out like where um they would have taken everyone. So they go back to the vampire at the bronze and Buffy tortures her by putting a cross into her mouth to get her to confess where the ritual will take place. And there's this moment where Xander and Angel kind of like share a look while Buffy is torturing her. Like, like she's kind of enjoying this a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Buffy's just got to get her frustrations out. And I mean, at least it's on a vampire this time and not her friends. Yeah. <laughs> so the vampire obviously tells them that they're at the factory. We cut to the factory and the anointed one is pulling a chain that pulls all of like the gang who was in, you know, with the master pulls their upside down bodies over a table, holding the master's bones. How they even like got this whole situation rigged up in this warehouse is, I don't know, but okay. Like, I don't know why there's something that could hang, but I don't, but okay. I, it might've been a slaughterhouse. Oh, that's true. Okay, I'll go. It, like it, yeah, an abattoir. Yeah, cool. Yeah, let's go with that. With that. So, um, Buffy, Xander, and Angel arrive, and Buffy just like interrupts the ritual just by like she just kind of goes in there and starts kicking ass. Yeah, and the anointed one is kind of like whisked away away from the once the fight starts happening he kind of like gets out of there so that he's protected um and angel and xander start to rescue all of the friend all of their friends while buffy is 
staking all of the vampires. There is this amazing moment where Absalom comes in and tells her that he's going to grind her into a sticky paste. It's so over the top. This vampire is like, just come it on. Rhymes too. I know. Like, whatever he says he something says, about, it's like a like, rhyming couplet. It is because it's something. It, he says he's going to grind her into a sticky paste and then smash the hammer into her face or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and so, so, like, yeah, yeah. It's 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 so dramatic. But right before this, like, I wrote Buffy's stunt double is doing overtime. Oh um, yeah. There's a because lot. like yeah yeah they get they like the 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 gang gets saved by Angel and Xander and like, they are up in like a balcony. I don't even know how they got up there. Honestly. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. Um, because like, that's not where the chain led. I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me, but anyway, so they're up on a balcony and they're like watching like, cause they're kind of out of danger because the one vamp that came for them, Angel started fighting. And so they're just like, Oh, oh dang, right. she's like really going at it. Yeah. And then, yeah, Absalom comes with his sledgehammer and he has like some fucking rhyming couplet. <laughs> and like, it's so dumb. But then she like kills him immediately. So it's fine. Yeah, she sets him <laughs> on fire. Um, you can tell, like, as far as like the balcony and stuff, like, you can tell we've entered that part of like every episode where like they need to wrap up the episode. So stuff yeah. just starts happening that like if you, if you look too closely, things like that don't make sense. Um, <laughs> but like, we just need to get to the end, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she sets him on fire and all the vampires have been killed. And Willow up on the balcony with Xander says it's over. Um, and Xander basically tells her not yet. Nah, bro. No. So Buffy picks up the sledgehammer that Absalom had and walks over to the table with the master's bones and just fucking goes to town on it. And speaking of smashing into a sticky paste, yeah, smashes him to bits. Um, But she, while she's doing it, she starts to cry and you can tell that she's finally like releasing all of that pent up tension and, you know, anxiety and, and everything that she's clearly had over this. And as she kind of finishes up smashing him to bits, Angel walks up behind her and hugs her. And I have to say, this is one of those moments where like, I really, it's very, I think it's very, very sweet where she, cause she just kind of like turns into him and like cries into him as he just like holds her. And it's one of those moments that yeah. I hate, I hate that. I, I, re- I love them in moments like this. Oh yeah. No, it's great. Cause like, you know, he's, he out of everyone. And this is one reason this is on, this is like a level that they do work on. He out of all of her friend group actually knows what she's going through. Like everyone else could be like, Oh, I I get it, Buffy. But he's the only one that like actually knows what she's going through. Yeah. Um, And And so like, yeah. Yeah. And it's very sweet to like watch her like kind of just like break down and like allow herself to like be held by him and him just like not, not do anything, not say anything and just like hold her and let her cry it out, which like, I feel like every, everyone knows like the feeling of that, of just having someone just let you, you know, cry it out. I'm sorry if you hear like a knocking in the background. I'm in like my office and my cat who usually hangs out in here with me is now just like scratching at the door to get in my poor little baby. He's like, <laughs> it's okay. Blake is over here snoring. Oh, so if you hear snoring. It's, it's old Blake dog. Aww. <laughs> 
So the next we see is we cut to the next day at school as we do in like the end of almost every episode. And Cordelia is walking around with Jenny Callender and talking about how, you know, something like that just really stays with you um, until it becomes apparent that she is talking about the blood stains on her clothes. And Jenny Callender has one of the best lines in this entire episode And she looks at Cordelia and says, yeah, that's the worst part about being hung upside down by a vampire who wants to slit your throat, the stains. (laughs) Yeah. And it's really funny because like, I actually think that if we were portraying Cordy as just a bit smarter, this would have been a great metaphor. Mm. Like you can scrub and scrub and scrub and like the stains are still there and it's always going to remind you of it. And I'm just like, yeah, that was this entire fucking episode. Yeah. Was Buffy trying to scrub metaphorically the stains of the master and her dying out of her life, but it's still there. It's still always going to be there. But, you know, I I mean, I think it, it can be thought of as like a funny yeah. way to like mm, theoretically make that metaphor, even though Cord- the Cordelia, Cordelia, the character is talking way. about stains, yeah. but it's, you know, um, yeah. but also God, I just love Jenny. And I think it's, I mean, we've said this before, but it's just a fucking absolute tragedy that we get so little time <sighs> with her because she's one of the best characters like Great. of the entire series for her. Yeah. <laughs> so then we cut to Buffy talking with Giles about her fear of facing her friends again after treating them so shittily um, and putting them in danger. Um, But he tells her that she can't hide from them forever and that it was hardly the worst mistake that she'll ever make. And, you know, it's just being a very nice fatherly figure and, you know, kind of you have to face it, and but it's going to be okay. Like your friends love you kind of thing. Yeah. And he makes that, he makes that line and he's like, Buffy, you were wrong, but this won't be your worst mistake. And then he's like, that was supposed to sound more reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> than it did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we cut to Buffy uh, nervously entering class and we see Willow and Xander sitting in their seats and they kind of glance up at Buffy and you can tell that Buffy is like nervous that they're not going to want to talk to her. Um, but there's an empty desk ne- next to Willow. So Buffy approaches it and Willow looks up and tells her that they've saved her a seat. And they're kind of like, you know, tentatively joking with her and stuff. And Xander asks if they're going to go to the bronze that night. And Willow says Wednesdays are kind of beat. And Xander makes a joke saying, well, we could grind our enemies into talcum powder with a sledgehammer, but gosh, we did that last night. And both Xander and Willow smile big and look at Buffy, kind of clearly showing her that everything is going to be okay and that they're good. Um, And it is actually a really cute moment. You know, Xander, Xander gets a brownie point here. I think it's a funny line and clears the tension from the air. And then the worst teen angst hopeful music starts playing (laughs) like it's the most like party of five my so-called life whatever it's all piano soft guitar it's that hopeful fucking tv show music i'm like god in an episode where we had such good music this is how we're leaving it yeah, I think I just like blacked it out because yeah, I know that you're so absolutely cheesy. right. I just like can't even bring it to mind. I blacked yeah. it out. It's hard. And the very last thing that we see, though, is that it does cut back to the factory where the anointed one is looking at the scene of destruction and says, I hate that girl. 
just like an a big like, eye, I, eye roll from me. I, I honestly, like, I knew this wasn't what he was going to say because they can't say it on TV, but I just wanted him to look around and go, fuck. Yeah, that would have been like way better. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It just like didn't have, I'm just like over the anointed one. I, I think- it Well, just, he doesn't really do anything from here on out. Like he's- No, I think so. I'm actually right now looking up- Weightless. Um, so the ep- next episode, so that is the end of our episode. Um, next episode is some assembly required. Um, I'm just going to like, I know we've, we've kind of said like, no spoiler. I mean, are we, we've kind of said like, we don't care about spoilers on this. Yeah. Um, so the epi- the third episode of the season is school hard. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll just say that like right now, like that's the, that's the last episode of the anointed one that we see. Yeah. Um, so it's clearly there is not this is not going further and clearly the writers like figured it out like what are you gonna do with him i don't think that i mean i just think that they don't know what to do with him no they're like we can't like like it was such a good idea yeah and then we didn't really do anything with him last season because like basically his whole his whole thing was just be like, okay, Buffy, come with me. I'll take you to the master. We could have had any vampire done do that. Like yeah. literally any vampire. Darla could have fucking done that. Like whatever. And then, so now they're stuck with this kid and like, he clearly can't be a leader for an entire season because he's boring. And like the, at some point you have to go, well, why are these old vampires following this right. child who hasn't been a vampire for very long? I mean, he's inhabited with the soul of an old vampire or whatever, but like, there's just it's nothing to do with It's very weird him. because like, when we look back at that episode, when we first, you know, it, it, it was this whole like prophecy thing of the right. anointed one. And it was supposed to be this like super powerful vampire and like none of that is is true though. None of that. So like what yeah. if if his whole purpose was to like lead her to the master? And clearly, even in this episode, their their goal is to bring the master back. Yeah. I don't understand how he's supposed to be this like all-powerful vampire then. Like I don't well, get and- it. And again, if we had been like, oh, well, we need the anointed one's blood to bring the master back. Okay, he still has a purpose then, but he doesn't have a purpose right now. Nothing. And it's just kind of like, we've just got him because we've got him. Right. So I am, in in the one sense, I am glad that the writers at some point figure out, like, we just need to end this because dragging it out is going to go nowhere. And so I am glad that they at least have the the forethought to put an end to it very quickly in the beginning of this season because yeah. yeah the way that that ends is so sweet so sweet. so good so excited um so yeah as we said next episode is some assembly required i i do like that episode it's like a filler episode you know but yeah. um like a monster of the week kind of thing but a really fun one uh yeah a cordy kind of focused episode so that'll be fun um and then next we have school hard and i think we are having a guest on that episode yeah i think shannon's gonna rejoin us they have to like awesome. give her the scheduling on it but hopefully okay. she's still down so yeah. so yeah you can look forward to that sometime in the future i think so like i said it's been a minute since we've done this i can't remember if there's yeah. anything else i'm supposed to say at the end of this nope you can all have the playlist up so you can catch that in the show notes as always, you know, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and review us, uh, give us a rating if you can on your 
podcast platform of choice. Feel free to reach out to us um, if you have any suggestions or questions or just want to sh- show us some love. Yeah. If you want to show us some hate, just know that we'll be laughing at you. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think that's everything. Do you have anything to plug or anything like that? No, I, I, all my, all my podcasts kind of took a break at the same time because yeah. life was hard. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I remember the last episode of um, songs you shouldn't have listened to. I literally put it at the end. It was like, this might be the finale. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have season two at some point. Okay. Bye. Yeah. So yeah. And um, thanks for just remember. Th- yeah. Just remember peeps. Uh, we have full-time jobs. Yes. So we do this on the weekends. Um, yeah. And so sometimes life gets a little overwhelming, but we are still having fun doing this and I'm, I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to say thank you so much for your patience. I know we're coming back a week later than we planned, but like Tanya said, you know, life gets in the way. We have full-time jobs. And to be quite frank with like, you know, things opening up again and everything, life is starting to feel like it's getting a little bit busier again as that happens. So just be patient with us. We're not giving up on y'all. We might have, you know, a break here or there, but we're still doing this. We're still trucking along. And thank you so much as always for coming on this ride with us and listening. Bye. Bye.